Welcome back to No Idea, the podcast where you have no idea what we're going to talk about, and we have no idea how it's going to go. I'm Jenny, I'm your host, but guess what? I brought someone very special and near and dear to our hearts today, because her name is Hannah Penny, the cutest name ever, and she's been on this podcast not one, not two, not four, not five, but three (laughs) whole times, so we already know her voice and her heart. Yes. Yes, we do. I'm back. I'm back, everyone. Yes. (laughs) But I'm glad you're back. We actually wanted to record this specific episode since probably July. Yeah. (laughs) And it's now March. (laughs) Whoops. Whoopsie. (laughs) So, um, no shame about that. It'll get done eventually. Just blame it on COVID. Yeah, exactly. It postponed a lot of things. But, um, Hannah, I'm glad it's your third time here. And so, since we already know quite a bit about you, for any of those members who have members well listeners who have joined in the past i just want to ask you one simple question okay are you ready i'm ready if you could be in any time period in history what would you be in i would most likely everybody thinks of going to the past Mm -hmm. and so the past is great but also we love the past we love the past and like certain time periods are interesting to say the least but what i would want to go to is the future a time period in the future the like new jerusalem the nj the nj yeah where everything's perfect sign me up yeah <laughs> sign me up for the war <laughs> <laughs> i would love to go to that time period mm-hmm. of eternity yeah yeah what about you I don't know a better answer than that. Okay. So I, I fully agree. Well, you know, if I... Definitely that one. But if it had to be in the past, I think I would want to go to the 1940s. But not because of World War II specifically, but I want to see if the version of World War II that we see on movies and stuff now is real because I really think that the movies romanticize that time period yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe because we won the war and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. I just think back. I'm like, that was such a crazy time to be alive. Yeah. And we can watch those movies now knowing that, like, we're okay and yeah. we and America won. But I'm like, what a chaos. You, you don't know what's going to happen the next day when you wake up. They thought the New Jerusalem so, was around the corner. They were like, we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> Take us home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for answering that. Thanks for answering that, too. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. Well, this is very exciting because we have wanted to record this podcast since July, as we said. But the topic today is... What is it, Hannah? Addiction. Addiction! Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about how to get out of it and not into it, though. Yes. So please keep listening. But um, Hannah's wanted to share her personal story for a while and just the freedom that the Lord has given her from addiction. And I think that a lot of people will just benefit from listening to her talk and just talk about living in the light. Yeah. So, Hannah. I would love to hear your recovery story, what you were addicted to, and how the Lord set you free. All right. Well, um, I'm just going to say a trigger warning now because I do talk about self-harm, and obviously this episode is about addiction. So if you're easily triggered by self-harm and drug and alcohol addiction, then... We won't be offended. We won't be offended. You just sign off. Yeah, if you uh, don't finish this episode, that's totally fine. But from this point on, I'll be talking about 
um, some pretty dark stuff. Um, so I've always had an addictive personality ever since I was little. I can remember like little things that I was addicted to. Nothing super major, but mm-hmm. some things that just helped me cope in not so healthy ways. But when I was really little, I didn't have a lot to cope with anyway, mm-hmm. so it was fine. It's yeah. whatever. Um, so I've struggled with some form of addiction pretty much my whole life. Um, the first major one was in middle school. I was severely depressed and really severely bullied, and I um, I used to cut myself, and I used to self-harm, and looking, so most people think of it as a coping mechanism, but I was addicted, which it is, but I was addicted to the feeling that it gave me, and that's a pattern that comes up a lot in my life, like I get addicted to the feeling not necessarily like chemically I get addicted to mm-hmm. things, but I just, I love the feelings, the feeling that something gives me and I like latch onto that and mm-hmm. I can't stop. And so the feeling that it gave me was one, I could feel something because at the time I was just so dead in everything that I did. I wasn't feeling anything and I was addicted to the adrenaline because mm-hmm. hurting, hurting yourself like releases adrenaline because your body's like, oh my God, like we're getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And it triggers that fight or flight response, which adrenaline. And I was obsessed with that and I loved the way it made me feel. Um, I was years later, like after middle school, I was delivered from that. I didn't realize it at the time that God was involved in it. Mm -hmm. Like I had encountered God during that time in my life, but it wasn't, I wasn't conscious that it was him working. Mm And looking back now, a lot of this is hindsight, 2020, you know, kind of thing. Um, Jokes on them because the year is 2021 now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, looking back, I was able to help other girls wow. move through that mm-hmm. and work their way through that because God delivered me and it wasn't only for my benefit that he, you mm-hmm. know, um, delivered me from that. And so... Yeah, I was, I don't obviously self-harm anymore. I haven't mm-hmm. in well over, like, eight years. Wow. So that's pretty great. Praise God. Yeah. The next, like, major addiction that I had was um, sexual addiction, which obviously I won't get much into, but that was another thing where it was just I was after the feelings that it gave me Mm -hmm. and it was a pause on life Mm -hmm. and that was all I wanted Mm -hmm. I just wanted to press pause on my life and just not deal with what was going on and that kind of led into drinking and smoking um in high school I got really deep into drinking at first and then um smoking later on because I went through a terrible terrible breakup Mm -hmm. which I've actually mentioned I think so yeah I think it was like in our Mm Q&A episode um I mentioned that breakup and um that led me into drinking and smoking but also at the same time my parents got divorced and Mm -hmm. so there's a lot going on in my life my anxiety was like I had two to three panic attacks a day jeez and it was just so overwhelming and so I actually started taking pills. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing 
other than drinking. I had already started drinking at this point, but that was more for fun because mm-hmm. people were doing it, and I didn't think it was a problem. Eventually, it became a problem because I was using it to cope. Yes. Um, but when that before I even started smoking, I started taking pills and really just trying to numb and like stop my brain from moving a thousand miles a minute, mm-hmm. and eventually that became not ideal because the the pills that I was taking were just like making me miserable they like stopped me from feeling what I was feeling but also I wasn't able to function at all throughout the day I was just tired Mm -hmm. and that's all I was and that wasn't fun (laughs) even for someone who wanted things to stop Mm -hmm. um so I started smoking and the whole time I was just like no I can quit whenever I don't, I don't smoke that often, maybe, like, once a week, when in reality I was doing, like, two to three times a week, (laughs) I was lying to myself, and Mm -hmm. I was telling myself, like, no, I can stop drinking, I only did, yeah, maybe, like, once every other week when the opportunity presented Mm -hmm. itself, I would, but smoking was a lot more often, because it was a lot more acceptable, Mm -hmm. or accessible, Mm -hmm. and so I told myself, I didn't have a problem, I can quit any time, blah, 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 all the normal lies that you tell yourself. And for anybody listening and wondering, I was smoking marijuana, which chemically you can't get addicted to. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not an addictive drug chemically, but you can get addicted to the sensation that it gives you, and you can get addicted to being high because it just shuts you off and it makes you laugh a lot or you know feel a little bit lighter yeah feel Mm -hmm. a little bit lighter and you know every life feels fine for that moment um so I told myself I could stop and I planned on stopping before I went to college and I moved away I was like gonna wean myself off of like smoking and drinking because I'm getting my life together Mm -hmm. you know whatever and I told myself like okay I got to get I got to get my crap together because I'm moving off to college and I got to do this because God wants me to and because I need I just need to please him mm-hmm. and like I can't be this person at school so mm-hmm. I need to change how I am and that was my motivation for the next like 5 months to try to stop and it did not work. Yeah. I smoked I got the most high and the most drunk literally a week before I left mm-hmm. for college Bible college so that ministry. plans out the window <laughs> yeah, ministry school mm-hmm. I was it was insane and I paid the price for that I had a room to myself which was super nice looking back I was a little intimidated by that because I didn't have someone that I could just kind of be friends with at first because we were rooming together and that I could tag along with mm-hmm. on whatever they were doing um because I'm a very like I used to be very composed and, like, not super outgoing, so it was kind of hard for me to get out. I remember you back then. Yeah. Good times. It was, it was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> um, so I had a room to myself, which, looking back, was amazing because of some of the stuff that I was going through would have mm-hmm. been hell trying to, like, mm-hmm. go through that with someone in the same six-foot-by-six-foot six square that we lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, that is Burke Hall. And so... Yeah, I, my first semester at school was absolute hell on 
steroids because I started going through withdrawals mm-hmm. and I didn't have any of my coping mechanisms with me because they were all drinking and drugs and you can't do that at ministry school mm-hmm. and yeah I started going through withdrawals and it was such a painful time and such a time of filled with like anxiety and depression and loneliness and um the one thing that really not the one thing but one of the major things that really helped me through it was my mentor at the time or my SLA Mm -hmm. um she just came along beside me and didn't judge me at all Mm -hmm. and didn't like hold those things against me because I just told her I said hey look I am dealing with these things and I don't know how like what to do and so she helped me a lot through that there were a few people along the way that really helped me um, in the sense they spoke truth over my life yeah. and truth over in like identity into my life that I had never heard before, which became a major factor in my recovery. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was easy. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever been through, trying to relearn how to cope after living my mm-hmm. entire life using substances and actions to cope. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Hannah. And I remember meeting you way back when, Mm -hmm. when it was like two years ago or something. (gasps) Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) But um, I remember meeting you and just like now knowing you, I noticed such a huge difference in many, many ways. But I know it's just the Lord has delivered you from a lot, but also transformed you and just has walked you through so much and the sanctification process and it's been beautiful to witness (laughs) and just watch you walk in freedom now so thank you for sharing um i'm gonna define addicted and how did webster dictionary defines it it says physically and mentally dependent on a particular substance and unable to stop talking about it without incurring adverse effects so the unable to stop talking about it part is um without incurring adverse effects is like triggering basically Mm -hmm. so hannah why would you say that this is detrimental because i was actually listening to a sermon about this and this is a very well-known fact it was just today i was listening to it Mm -hmm. um when you introduce something to your brain um when you introduce something to your brain such as like drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. those your brain learns that it can get certain chemicals that your brain would normally produce or like have your body produce through those things so it stops doing those things Mm -hmm. it stops making those chemicals those hormones that make you happy or whatever and it depends on those substances to do so yeah or like those actions such as like any kind of sexual sin to do so you start getting those chemicals from that yeah and so you start to not be able to live without those things because Mm -hmm. you're constantly chasing this and it becomes super consuming and depending on like what it is you're addicted to it can consume your whole day yeah and then days turn into weeks and weeks and months and months and a year and et cetera et cetera millennium yeah (laughs) and then you look back at your life and you're like whoa 
what the heck was I doing? Yeah, where has the time gone? I've wasted my life away mm-hmm. on this thing that mm-hmm. I've been chasing, and it never gives me the satisfaction yeah. that I want. And that's so detrimental because you live, you end up living your life full of shame and depression because you can never fulfill that that hole that you're trying to Mm -hmm. and it just it leads to a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of depression because nothing can fill this is so this is so basic but nothing can fill a god-shaped hole like it's just it's not we weren't made for those things no we weren't and so that's why it's super detrimental because you're gonna end up living like wasting your life away on these Mm -hmm. things so yeah things you were never created for yeah and so what we mean by this is it does not have to be necessarily drugs and alcohol. So don't tune out if you're like, well, I've never tried drugs in my life. I'm completely yeah. clean. Good for you. Yeah, don't we're very happy it. for you. Don't do it. Don't get but, into um, it. This could be anything. This could be a sexual addiction like masturbation or pornography. It could be drugs, alcohol. It could be um, getting high. It could be TV. It could be social media. It could be something relatively harmless. It could be sleep. It yes. could be food. Mm-hmm. It could be self-harm it could just be a lot of things that are good in moderation but if you're addicted to them you're not using them in moderation Mm -hmm. hannah what would you say were some of the crucial steps for you in breaking free from addiction in your life well i feel like the first step is knowing you have a problem and if you have looked into like how to recover from addiction this is like the first step in every single oh yeah AA group (laughs) yeah you Mm -hmm. have to know that you have a problem Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had a problem for the longest time and that's Mm -hmm. why I never was was like yeah I need to get over this because Mm -hmm. I didn't know I needed to get over anything so you really do need to realize you do have a problem Mm -hmm. and and you don't have to do this alone Mm -hmm. um you actually shouldn't try to go in like heal yourself through addiction alone like even just you and god like you need to bring people into this part of your life um otherwise it's it's gonna be so much harder because you're gonna yes god can still speak i 100 percent believe that but you're gonna sometimes get to a point where you're not necessarily feeling like you're here on the Lord. And then that's just going to make you spiral mm-hmm. into like, well, if he's not going to listen to me, then I'm going to go back mm-hmm. to this. Or you're not necessarily feeling like that great. And so you kind of blame it on God. And if you don't have anybody there to speak truth into your life about you and about who God is, then it's just really not going to work out. I, I know people who have healed by themselves mm-hmm. And that's great. Like, that's awesome. It's just so much harder like that. It's so much harder to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. I did part of it by myself, and it wasn't it wasn't easy. It was miserable. Mm-hmm. But as soon as someone stepped into my life or I let somebody into that part of my life, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulder. Because you're, especially as Christians, we're not supposed to bear our, our burdens alone. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to bear each other's burdens. And I really do believe that you need somebody to come and help you along whether that be your partner Mm -hmm. or really close trusted friends not your enabler not your enabler (laughs) not your drug dealer don't 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 involve them (laughs) you should cut them out of your life Mm -hmm. um but yeah knowing you have a problem and not doing it alone and 
not doing it alone actually helps you identify why you're doing it and they might even be the one that points out that you have a problem to begin with Mm -hmm. um but knowing why you're doing what you're doing is so crucial because without the why you really don't know how to stop because it's hard to do anything without a why yeah exactly and so my why was because I was so desperate to just pause my life Mm -hmm. and to just not feel like I existed anymore and that was my why because life was too much and it was a coping mechanism that was why I did that um and so having and throughout my recovery process I've had people speak truth into my life and almost bring stuff out that I didn't even realize was a reason why I was doing what I was doing and that is in and of itself was just amazing it was straight from Mm -hmm. the Lord most of the time Mm -hmm. just speaking through them and it blew my mind every single time Mm because I'm like how did you know that Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that and you're just (laughs) you're reading my thoughts (laughs) are you in my brain Uh are you reading my journal like what are you doing Mm -hmm. obviously they weren't but (laughs) it's really good (laughs) (laughs) but yeah just knowing why you are doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. and a way you can do this is one of my favorite things go ahead in the world go ahead tell us it's the ask why five times five times why five (laughs) why five (laughs) honestly by the time you get to the fifth why you're usually at the reason the the root of the problem um i actually had this on a sticky note in our room over the summer because it was just so good Mm -hmm. i was just like wow i can use this not only for my addiction but also for literally anything in life like emotions why am I depressed right now mm. well someone said something to me well why did they say something why did they say that to you and then blah 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 and you know further and further and so how it works is okay right now I really want to have a drink mm-hmm. okay why because today was rough okay why well, my boss yelled at me at work. Mm-hmm. Why did that make you upset? Well, because I feel shame and I feel I feel like I'm not doing my job right. And it makes me feel less of a person. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Boom, there you it didn't, is. Ne- I didn't necessarily get yeah. to the fifth why, mm-hmm. but that's why it's asked why five yeah. times. Because it's like... By the fifth why you You'll should know. you should be at your problem, uh-huh. um, but that's just a very like yeah. basic example. But yeah, once I mm-hmm. learned that method, I felt so relieved after that mm-hmm. because for me personally, knowing the why makes it so much easier to deal with because I can address the problem and I can pray about it or I can talk to somebody about it there was mm-hmm. countless times where I talked to you over the summer about stuff because I knew about it because I asked why yeah I asked why until I got to the problem mm-hmm. and once I talked about it I didn't want to do the things anymore mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I needed to do anything other than pray and yeah yeah and that's when you can invite the Lord into the root mm-hmm. cause he is the one who can who can fix whatever's going on and turning to an addiction is just 
trying to get by in life yeah instead of addressing and healing it that's good stuff (laughs) yes you also told me once you were like always be able to evaluate your own life in honesty which is kind of what you covered in being aware they have a problem Mm -hmm. that's so good so what if there's a listener out there right now who's like oh I think they might be talking to me, but I'm not sure. We probably are. But um, (laughs) what are some signs that I am addicted to something or that something really is taking an unhealthy place in my life? A huge sign is, like, the very obvious. You physically can't function without it, and that's mostly, like, leaning towards drugs and alcohol where, Mm -hmm. like, you actually – in some drugs you do actually get chemically addicted Mm – nicotine that's a huge one that not a lot of people... stimulants like coffee oh god <laughs> uh, not that we have coffee cups next to us right now <laughs> no. or anything yeah that's one addiction i'm still uh still wrestling with still i don't know if i'm Lord, wrestling with... Lord's dealing with me <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but um you physically can't function without it mm-hmm. and you can't go an entire day without doing or having this one thing mm-hmm. and that's a huge sign, obvious. Um, another question you could ask yourself is, when I'm down, when I'm depressed, when I'm sad, when I'm angry, when I'm feeling any kind of negative emotion, mm-hmm. what do I do? What do you what run is, to? What do I run to to make me feel better? Not mm-hmm. necessarily to... Um, Add to the, to the downness. <laughs> yeah. What do I do to make, that I know, like, what do I run to? Because I know mm-hmm. it's going to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and another huge thing that you can just kind of, like, glance at your life, um, especially if you journal, like, mm-hmm. journal your days at least, not necessarily, like, your emotions and stuff, but if you journal your days, you can look back at your life and just kind of glance at it. What takes up most of my time? Mm-hmm. Or your free time. Yeah, your free time, yeah. If you work, you're not, I mean, unless you are addicted to your work. And then, then that's another issue. That's, <laughs> that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Never, uh. Never experienced that one. Nope, not a workaholic. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what consumes most of your free time? Mm-hmm. What are you doing when you're not doing things that you absolutely have to do? Um, just some of those mm-hmm. are those are good questions. Pretty good indicators of if you're addicted to something or not. There are things you can do like art. You're not addicted to art if it consumes most yeah. of your free time. Mm-hmm. We're talking about things that can be damaging Mm -hmm. or that aren't super healthy Mm -hmm. um yeah those are just a few things yeah those are really good questions also what this whole topic kind of made me think of was an analogy that I probably heard a long time ago at church camp or something (laughs) but it has stuck with me since I was 14 or so but it's about walking in the light so once you start to go through this process of of coming clean or becoming not addicted to this thing anymore, but having the Lord just have his way in your life and what you cope with and bring him into all of that, it can feel really new, really uncomfortable, and really painful sometimes. But you know it's ultimately for the best. So I think I heard this analogy at church camp, but they said that it's kind of like you seeing a movie in the daytime and you walk outside the theater <laughs> oh, after the, the movie's over and you're like, God! you're like just hissing all over the place foaming in the mouth all this stuff (laughs) but when you walk outside the theater you were just in a really dark room and you walk outside and it's really bright 
And guess what? It really hurts your eyes at first. (laughs) But as you continue to walk and you're walking to your car and you're like, okay, I think I'm going to be all right. I think I'm going to be okay. Your eyes adjust. And so it becomes easier and easier. And then you get on with your day and you go eat lunch. So that's kind of what it's like is walking the light can feel very painful at first, very scary, um, very new and very uncomfortable. But it's so crucial to having a walk with the Lord that's full of integrity and so that you can live whole. And so... A few steps to take to continue walking in the light is, first of all, you need to confess whatever it is that you've been addicted to. You need to confess it to the Lord and just like ask him for his forgiveness. That's just the first step. It's like the cork in the bottle that'll just just let everything else flow out. Because first you're accountable to God, first and foremost. Yeah, and can I add to that? Mm -hmm. Another thing that comes along that should come along right after to that is just thanking the Lord that that's not who you are. Yeah. Especially like if you're already a Christian and you're already walking with the Lord, that's not who you are. Your addiction and your actions and your mistakes and your sins are not who you are. So right after this whole confession and just like coming clean to the Lord, just thank Him that He has actually set you free and that's yes. not who you are. And that's something I've learned recently. It's just like that's not who you are and we should be thanking God for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your identity is in who he made you to be and not the past mistakes you've made. Mm-hmm. Also, secondly, you need to confess whatever it is to trusted, safe people. So this isn't just to everyone or just the first person you say on the street or maybe a friend you're like, ah, do you actually, can you actually keep a secret? <laughs> so get some trusted, safe people or maybe just one person and be like, I've actually been really struggling with this. I just want to tell you so that I can bring it into the light in general. And so someone knows. And then you can get accountability. That might be with the person you tell first or it might be with someone older, wiser, has more life experience, is deeper in their walk with the Lord. But get accountability in the way like, I want you to check up on me because I yeah. can't do this on my own. Yeah, especially if you, with me, I had a lot of shame with um, sexual sin in my life and the sexual addiction I was dealing with, and I knew I wasn't going to bring it up if I made a mistake to the Mm -hmm. person I had be my accountability Mm -hmm. and I had helped me be accountable. So I told her, hey, I need you to ask me specifically when we meet how that part of my life is going Mm -hmm. because I won't bring it up. And there was a few times where she just, she didn't ask because she didn't, like, I don't know. I'm not going to blame it on her that she didn't ask. But Mm -hmm. she just didn't ask. And I kept quiet. And I didn't tell her. Mm -hmm. And I knew that was going to happen. And from that point on, she did ask Mm -hmm. a lot. And so, yeah, if you need to tell somebody, like, you have a lot of shame tied to whatever it is, tell them to ask you about it. Because Mm -hmm. I know it can be so hard to bring stuff up that you're shameful about. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. But as you bring it up, you will feel less and less shame. Yeah, absolutely. Also, you need to meditate on the word of the Lord. So a lot of our thought processes are hardwired into our brain. And we think like, I always think like this. I can't change this. But guess what? Because of neuroplasticity, you can rearrange the way you think and the way your brain is wired. Praise God for that. Yeah. So he is just so creative in how he made us. But... As you meditate on the word of the Lord, you can have those verses hanging up where you see them every day, memorize them, have them in your pocket and in your heart so that when thoughts come up of like, wow, that really triggered me, you can say that the truth is what sets you free. It's not um, 
it's not that coping mechanism or that addiction. So that will definitely come in handy and be what you build your life upon. And also, last but not least, you just need to become more self-aware. And as you go on this journey, it'll probably become obvious to you what triggers you and what doesn't. But becoming aware of those things will save you a lot of hassle because those things won't come as a surprise to you anymore. So if you know you're about to walk into, your friends want to go to a bar, per se, and you're like, well, that will probably trigger me because I've had an addiction to alcohol and a lot of my friends drink, then it's probably just not wise to go with them on that night. Things like that. Hannah, what is your final encouragement to our listeners? Because when you shared this, it just made, I loved it so much. Go ahead. Well, one last thing I would say is to our listeners, systems won't save you. Mm-hmm. We, we've given systems here in this podcast right now that can help, but it's truth that will save you, mm-hmm. not your systems. Since we put those systems in place, they're going to fail us because we made them. They can help and make things a little bit easier, but when you set yourself and you, you put your foundation is truth and the truth that God has written in his word and the truth that God has spoken over you, Mm -hmm. that is what sets you free, not your systems. So don't depend solely on your systems. Yeah. Um, The next thing, the last thing I would love to tell people is that you can be set free. Yay! You can be set free now. Completely. Completely, 100% set free. Now, I'm not saying that in 10 years from now, you're not you're going to go through a hard time and you're not going to think huh alcohol that would be nice mm-hmm. you are but i am saying that to consider that anymore as a viable option can be gone like completely because when when god or when jesus died on the cross and he spilt his god blood he paid for that addiction mm-hmm. and for you to be set free from that. So you're already free. Hallelujah. Yes. And that can be hard to wrap our minds around mm-hmm. because, yes, you're free, but also you could be sitting in addiction right now and being like, okay, well, why am I actually not? So on some hard days, you could be like, will I ever be completely free from this? Will there ever be a day where I don't think about this addiction? Will there ever be a day where I don't struggle so much? Yes, that day is coming. Just continue to walk in freedom and in light, and it will get easier. And a lot of times we're like, well, you know, in heaven we'll be completely set free. True, but that day is also possible on this earth. Yeah. So just don't live in a defeated mindset of like, I'm never going to get over this. Yeah. Because time and the Lord heals a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That that mindset of like, well, I guess I'll just have to wait until, you know, the kingdom in order to get away from this in this thought process. It's so detrimental to the recovery process because you're already going into it thinking you're not going to get out of it Mm -hmm. and that can cause you to stumble so much more than if you just realize that you're already free Mm -hmm. and what you're doing is you're stepping into that freedom yes so amen and amen yes thank you so much for sharing all that hannah yeah i'm so glad we finally got around to this in march (laughs) 
almost a year later. Almost a year. But um, thank you all for listening. If any of this applied to you, we just encourage you, take these steps that we've said and also just turn to the Lord first and foremost because you can be free and it's possible and it could literally start for you today. So thank you so much for listening to the No Idea Podcast. We're so excited to have you back the next time we record something. Yeah. So signing off, we have Hannah Penny and Jenny Nichols. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Jenny Quarters. I'm just kidding. Jenny Lavornia. Anyway, signing off. See you around.